0: One small step for man. One
1: giant leap for man.
0: Columbia, Columbia.
1: What's going on, folks? Welcome back to the Knicks Wall Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Maggio, joined by uh, my co-hosts now. Uh, Sean is going to be a a full-time on the team with us. Uh, So Sean Geddes and Mike Cortez, what's going on, Sean?
2: Hello, honored to be here. Thank you so much to everyone who had nice things to say when it happened. Um, Really great, meant a lot.
1: So uh, yeah, I mean, just happy to have Sean on full time. Just you know, uh, g- good presence. Obviously, you guys love him with with the post game shows, the post game prosperities, the post game pouting, the halftime shows, They're just the night to night tweeting. Um, so obviously, just want to make sure that Sean's getting his voice heard as much as you know he needs to have it here. So happy to have him on. Uh, it'll, you know, we know we like these three man teams. We've been doing this for quite some time. I, lo- I love a group podcast. You guys know that. I think we get better conversation when there's a couple of us on or you a know, few of us on. So anyway, uh, we also have on Quentin Hayes. What's going on, buddy?
3: How you doing? How you doing? man?
1: Good, man. Good. So, guys, we have a couple of things to touch on. Oh, the last thing here. We have uh, Dominic Alcantara. Is going to be it? Did I not butcher that, buddy? You can unmute real quick. No, you're good. You're good. It's close enough. I mean, it's Spanish. It's Alcantara, but it's okay. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I'm gonna get it the next time. It's all good. Uh, so he's gonna be our our pod producer now. So you guys have none of these uh these maggio edits anymore. You're gonna get a little bit more <laughs> high, high level stuff moving forward. It'll, it'll be good. Uh, that is that is good for all of us. It's good news all around. Good for your ears. Good for us. So, uh, yeah. but you, you'll be feeling his presence a little bit more. We're going to have the TKW podcast, uh, social account active again. So, you know, reinforcements have arrived on the podcast front and I'm that no, the Knicks are good again, guys. The Knicks uh, are back over 500. The Knicks are in fifth place in the Eastern conference standings. These are all sentences. I never thought I would be able to say at this point in time in this season, uh, you know? So I, I mean, I'm excited. I, I know we're all excited here, but, uh, that was a fun game to leave off on. I thought Julius was his all-around dominant self. I thought that was just a, a nice way to cap and remind people uh, going into the all-star break that it was well-deserved and uh, that all-star voting is not based on the 2019-20 season for the 2020-21 season. So, uh, you know, Sean, I'll, I'll lob it up to you um, just kind of to start off here. But, you know, thoughts on that last game, Julius's dominance, anything?
2: Um, th- the last game, it was almost a little frustrating at points because it was just too close. I feel like the score didn't really reflect the control we had, though. Um, And, yeah, Julius, his dominance is amazing because, you know, he can go out there and get 27, 16, and 5, and it's kind of just like, you know, another night. like, And that that's amazing, the fact that when he puts those numbers up, we don't really flinch at it anymore. It's just like that's Julius doing what Julius does, and he's going to do it on a night-to-night basis. So, yeah, his dominance has been amazing. Um, he had a cross. I keep saying, but, like, there was a fast break play where no- Nernus Noel poked the ball out. I think it was from, like, Plumlee. And Julius got the steal and took off. And I think either Sadiq Bay or Isaiah Stewart was ahead of him. And he dropped this, like, he crossed over once, but then, like, right before he got to the basket, he dropped a really smooth crossover, like, right at his feet. And I was just like, yo, for a guy this size to be able to move this quickly and, like, had this kind of handle in space like that. And then he just like got to the rack with and finished with the left. It was, he, I, I'm so happy. He's on our team.
1: Lamar Odom in uh, Zach Randolph's body.
2: Exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was, it's nice to see, uh, it's nice to see his all around presence felt. Um, and I know that that's something he touched on in his article, actually, is something I wanted to talk about in this podcast. Um, you know, Mike, I, a lot, you know, lob this one up for you, but, um, I thought there was a lot to take away in there. Um, Anything in particular that stuck out to you uh, upon that first read?
0: Yeah, most definitely the scoring option debate where it kind of explained everything about last season where he said he was focused more on getting his 30 or 40 points and forgetting about the other stuff that being a number one option includes, which includes lead becoming that leader. And just seeing him address that without being told that was pretty damn impressive And then for him to put in the work and to blossom in such a short amount of time is ridiculous. I mean, not even two or three months ago, we were thinking about, all right, when are we going to trade Randall and move Obi into the starting lineup right after the draft? Now we're talking about, should we extend this guy now and start building around him? So it's pretty remarkable. And that whole piece was just him embracing that. And it just coincided with that good Reddick appearance on his podcast because it just floated you could tell he fits New York and he's worthy of being a top option yeah
1: um it, it, it was nice I mean I, I liked hearing some of the stories that he told in there um, I liked seeing that um you know he's a Kobe disciple I like seeing that uh you know that story he told I think was sort of in the middle of that essay and he was talking about how you know basically when he was a rookie or whatever 1920 years old he wasn't thinking about anything but you know we get off the plane except going back to whatever the team hotel, going to see family, if they were in town, things like that. And then Kobe was like, Nope, basically whenever I get off the plane, we're going to the gym. And then he invited Julius and then it eventually became part of Julius's routine. And then uh, now he does that all the time. And I like that, you know, it's, it's nice to see and hear like you have a guy like that. I know, like, it's always like, yeah, there's, there's a lot of guys that are supposed to be working out all the time in the gym all the time, but like, it's nice to see when it's actually true. And a guy's actually busting his ass because you can see the results very, very clearly and very, very starkly from just the season before uh, with mostly the same roster. So it's just nice to see like how quickly they've tightened up. And again, speaks to the work ethic and it's apparently rubbing off on the rest of the team, which again, the proof is in the pudding with the results.
2: Yeah. And I, I think it goes beyond like, that's what I felt when I read the article as well. That was, that jumped out to me a lot because yes, it's great that that became a part of his routine, but in the leadership that he took and the magnitude of his leadership, like now they have like pretty much the whole team bus going directly from the, like, and they've said it in a couple of like, you know, post-game interviews and things like that, but I didn't really understand the magnitude of it, like to land in the city and go straight to the gym, like every single city. And that's amazing, and the fact that the guy was like, you know, nobody's done this in years. The last person was Kobe, and just the fact that you know now now Emmanuel quickly's a rookie, you know, and he's probably gonna do that his whole career. Like that's that rubbed on that'll pass off, and it'll go on and like trickle down throughout the league. But it's here, and it's that's like that's the aspect of setting a culture. Like not when they come in here and they do their pregame, I mean, preseason interviews and they're like, yeah, 90s Knicks, we're going to be gritty, blah, blah, blah. We're not going to take any shit. Like, nah, I don't need to hear all that. Like this, this what they're doing now, like that's culture. And I think it's amazing.
3: Yeah. And you see a lot of those elements. Like I think before when we discussed the idea of a culture, it's just like the 90s Knicks being tough guys fighting on the floor. But I feel, I truly feel like this is what, Culture is. It starts from the ground up where it's Tibbs and then Julius Randle becoming the leader of the team. I thought one of the more interesting things from the JJ Redick interview is just how he realized that he needed to be the leader and how he needed to be the guy to do this and how they went to Julius and said, What do you think of Tibbs? And he truly wanted Tibbs to come in. He wanted to be pushed. And I think we're seeing the results of not only Julius buying in, but him becoming and asserting himself as the best player, taking that to RJ, then taking that to Quigley, then taking that to Obi, and the trickle-down effect, I think is going to have a long-lasting impact on the Knicks. Did you guys know he was like a extra hard worker? Because when
0: Reddick said it, usually we hear that about players from reporters. It's just, for me, it's like a tired talking point when they reporters say it. But then to hear an NBA player saying that that's like his rep, I was kind of not uh, taken uh, aback, but I was like, oh, shit, like that's like, that's pretty impressive.
1: I, I thought it was true. Um, I mean, n- not for nothing, but people post their workout videos all the time. But like right. his, his were pretty nuts, bro. Like, that, yeah. like, yeah. like, even if you want to say it's for show, whatever, with yeah. the chains and everything, like, it's still a lot of work for show. Like, that, that's that's some tough that's some tough stuff I don't know i I, I kind of just saw the workouts and I was like all right man I mean he's he's clearly brolic he he's fa- he's fast for his size like he can he, he throws down on anybody like what more do I need to see clearly whatever he's doing when he works out is is working out you know
0: yeah I think I was more surprised that it just wasn't as common I guess just for that to be like a thing that to like a, for a thing for everyone to say that's that means he's going ham
2: yeah and it means he uh, and it shows because i mean he's literally improved every single year of his career like every single season he improves so that that shows that and that's you know the work is like the first thing he talks about all the time it's always been the first thing he's talked about and you see him like uh you can see him pinpoint areas of his game and then improve them from season to season and i think that speaks a lot to his work um and yeah like the the Picture with the chains, the videos of his workouts. Like I was just like, "Yo, this guy is going nuts!" Like he's it was almost scary. Um, and he also has the legendary workout badge, uh, wo- legendary work ethic badge on two so K. <laughs> that
0: is true. Uh, yeah, I oversaw that.
3: Like, he's going, he's going so hard this season that it makes me kind of feel bad that people like myself, I'll be honest, we kind of just like out on him. You know, like just the idea of what he brought to the table, like. It really made me kind of want to go back and watch the games from last year and just see what I was missing there because I was, I wanted him gone. I'm not going to lie. I just thought the Knicks should treat him. Um, I thought they should have let him go, you know, to play OB and Knox a little bit more, but I'm glad they kept him. but it really did make me think about just what happened last year. And I know, I know it starts with Fizdale and things like that, but just how much of a mess it was that this guy who's seemingly an all-star and feels like this is sustainable like just wasn't good last year yeah i
1: mean i was like one of the lone julius defenders like, like most of the way through last season and like
3: mm-hmm.
1: i remember with the fizz after like a month the first month with fizz i was like look guys like i i understand this is understandably tough to watch and that was obviously julius's worst basketball but i was once he got under miller like i think the stats in the first three weeks were like pretty much what he's doing now except minus all of the playmaking he was averaging like maybe 3 3 assists you know so um but just watching him like under miller who was like a just a not fisdale coach just a slightly better coach a decent coach, coach. With a plan yeah, yeah coach with like some like an actual plan um it was nice to see him clean things up he was averaging like 23 24 points for like the first 3 or 4 weeks under you know miller and i just felt confident I felt confident. I was like, I mean, clearly there's a good player there. Like, he's just got to tighten some stuff up, and then I didn't think he was going to tighten it up this much this quickly, but you know, again, that speaks to his work ethic, so um, I I don't know. I mean, the only way I ever felt we should, you know, trade him is the OB pick kind of confused me. I was like, I don't know what everybody touted him as NBA ready, so if he is NBA ready, and that's why you loved him so much, and you want him to come right in, be 22, play all these minutes, like, I understood that, but it just didn't feel like they had a concrete plan coming into the season. But then, of course, we learned that it was to ride or die with Julius Randle, and I am happy to see that they did. So, Yeah,
0: that's what confused me. When Randle – I was unaware that Randle – Worldwide West came to Randle and said, what do you need? And then you draft Obi. So, not that I don't hate Obi. I'm just saying if you're – if that was the plan all along, now I'm kind of confused of their draft process.
2: Um. I feel like I don't I don't really know if it's that confusing. I mean, because at that point, at eight, let's see, we have a starting center, Mitchell Robinson. Right. Julius Hernandez is starting power forward. You can put RJ at one of two wing positions. So it's like at this point, are you drafting your starting point guard of the team that you want to move forward with? At eight, I didn't see anybody there that I would have drafted as my starting point guard at eight. I'm not going to use revisionist history. I did not want Tyree Salabert thought he would be cool. Say he'd be bad, but I didn't want him here, and I'm not going to pretend I did now. And what about Danny though? Danny, yeah, like I wasn't that excited about him. So it's like if you're going to draft a guy who, even if Julius pans out and this works fine, if you have Obi as your first big off the bench for the next three to four years, and he is able to be super athletic and space the floor. And be interchangeable in lineups and play with Julius at times. And then you can continue to milk that asset. And if you if he gets too big for the role, he's a great trade ship. I don't really think that's necessarily a bad pick. If it's best available on the board, it's not like it was the number one pick and we took him. Like it's number it eight.
0: Yeah, I don't think it was yeah. bad. It was just I'm just wondering like what was the selling point.
3: I mean could I just feel my big though. yeah. My bigger thing is just the connection of Topping to Thibodeau more than what they were thinking there because I just don't understand how you hire a head coach like Thibodeau and then you give him someone like Obi Toppin when they're just better defensive players like I feel like if Tibbs had a little bit of a bigger say in the room with that pick it probably would have been someone else
1: I do wonder a little bit if it really is just he was high enough I'm sure he was high enough on their board to warrant them thinking he was BPA you know And then then aside from that, I think the CAA thing is probably the other thing, because it seems like if they're going to be halfway decent, you know, like this moving forward, like if they're going to extend Randall, and I I do personally feel that they're going to do that. I don't know if it's going to be for the figure that is rumored the four years, $106 million, or if it's going to be something a little bit more. Um, I don't know, but I'm pretty confident that that's going to be in their plans, uh, especially in light of the article coming out for me and Begley from SNY and y that uh, Julius and RJ Barrett are virtually untouchable unless it's going to net them somebody who's like a true superstar. Um, you know, so I I, I don't know. Um, it's, I mean, I think that's accurate, right? I mean, I wouldn't, like, where what what more production are you going to get? than Julius has been giving you at that price point. Like if, if you're not going to sign Julius between like 26 to $30 million, are you that confident that you can, you know, get that in the free agency market, what you're getting now from him all around? No, and I, I,
2: no I don't think,
1: I don't no. think you can. And then even for people skeptical, I saw a couple of people say, well, you know, I don't know about that. He he's at best, you know, the the second best option on a good team. And to that, my answer was, and? Uh, the Knicks are <laughs> under the cap floor. Four years, $106 million. I mean, he was just making about $20 million a year, so he's going to make $26 million a year now. Well, like, what, what would we be scoffing at there? That, that's fine for the number two option when we're not paying
0: anybody. I mean, he would still be, even if that extension, that 106 that would, was reported, four years, 106, he would still be in the neighborhood with Brandon Ingram, Drew Holiday, Yusevich, Chandler Parsons, Buddy Heald, Jamal Murray, Draymond, Jalen. Like these are guys he's providing similar value, all stars. And in some cases, he's vastly better than people like Harrison Barnes, 22 mil. You know, so, I think
2: he's providing better value than about 90% of that list, at least. Right.
0: Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> My question Absolutely. to you guys is do you think giving him the deal now is more respectful or waiting until his deal expires to give him a larger? figure i'm leaning more towards the 106 now
3: yeah i (laughs) think i'm going to 106 because i think if you wait that's one that's another thing is that is he gonna take he wants to stay here but are we sure he's gonna take that extension because i think if he waits he gets closer to 175 i think i saw what the number was hopefully he sends a
0: fresh one (laughs) that's what i'm saying so what's more respectful of him
1: it it's more respectful so if you're looking at it that way, right, it's more respectful for the Knicks to then just wait and then sign them to a bigger contract. But if, if you're the other way you look at it respectfully is I think you, you, you offer it. I think you offer Mm -hmm. this right now because I think that's the most respectful thing you could do is say today, right now, this is the most years and most money we can give you. And before another day goes by, before you potentially get hurt, before, you know any of this we would like to extend this so you at least have that option and if he says no you know i think you know why but no i you know i'm gonna wait and then we can talk about a new deal after that then that's his choice you know to wait to then get that new contract and that's fine too but i think it's for in terms of what the nick should do you offer that you offer it yesterday you you yeah 100%. you send him the link to that article and you go hey man this is exactly it uh do, do you like this does this work for you we can we can take care of this and then that might end up being a cheaper deal for you in the long run. You know, a really, really good value deal. If this is sustainable, he just turned 26 years old. He might be better next year. Yeah,
0: he and might be. He sc- might be peaking at
1: 28, 29. You know, like who knows, man? I lock it in. To me, it's an locking, over. I'd lock it in.
2: Locking in the guy who has gotten better every single season is a very good idea during his best season. Um, And, yeah, the respect thing could go either way because while it is respectful to let the amount be as big as possible, it's also respectful to give them security, as Kyle alluded to, that, like, all right, here it is right now, boom, locked in, like, this is the most we can give you, and here it is if you want it. Like, if he doesn't take it for his own reasons, that's him. A lot of guys do better on themselves, and okay, cool, but I just feel like, you know. Nothing. More, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't feel insulted or anything. But you definitely make that offer as soon as you can. I think it works for everybody. It works to get him to security right away, and it's also helpful for the organization moving forward.
3: Yeah, I would offer it 100. I would just ask him to sign it on like July 30th. Let us let bring. Let us let us build around you. Is my would be my selling point? Is we have all this cap space. We have RJ working. We got two first round picks. We can make a big free agent move and a big trade if we really need to. Let us build around you first. Then we can pay you. The money's on the table. The money's there. I know we worry about injuries and stuff like that. We'll make sure you're taken care of. Let us let us bring the people in to help you get to the next level as well. Is yeah. my thing. Yeah, I
0: think a diplomatic solution would just be like, but two two and one, just give him the player option this time if they if it really gets to that point. But I think I personally think he'll take the four one Yeah, I mean,
1: I think at this point you want to come off after the, the the stretch that they've had, and even the you know the PR battle that they had with you know KP and his camp, which ultimately looks like they're winning. Mm-hmm. Actually, if you listen to the latest reports out of Dallas, which is again something I can't believe how insanely spot on the Knicks seem to have been about that situation it's every day that goes by every single day that goes by Sean is more and more correct and we're going to get to the point where there's a 60 minute podcast where it's just Sean reprimanding <laughs> me forever having the taste that I did. so it, it, it's it's why it is it is truly a sight to behold but, but um yeah I just think that you got to be you know honest moving forward uh, that that's, that's what they should really do here. Just be really fluid and honest with Julius about whatever's going on. Want to take care of him. Like they gotta be a, a real player's destination now. Like they, no more overmanaging, no more weird in, in, in the operating in the darkness and the shadows to go behind players backs. And, you know, just, for once, just stop being weird. It's basketball. Just treat it like basketball. If guys are playing well, reward the guys. Like, it, it just start simplifying what's going on there. And it sounds like that's what what's finally happening. It's just no nonsense. So hopefully that's what they're doing with Julius. Hopefully, like Quentin said, they're having those conversations already. And again, as Mike said, you know, it seems like World Wide West was already having those. So it seems like the, that's something that's going to be ongoing. As long as it's a fluid situation, that's all that we want. You know, we, we've said this before. We don't care who it is anymore in the front office, the coaching staff, the players. We just want people who are going to do this. Nobody's talking. Nobody's like, you know, there's, there's no overhype. You know, nobody's over, you know, like Derek Rose in 2017 with the super team. No, no weird things are happening. Guys are just shutting up, going about their business, putting their hard hats on, and getting us W's. You know, it's, it's it's nice. So hopefully they just keep continuing, uh, continuing along in this process. But
2: and just you know what's one, kind of beautiful? Oh, my bad. No, you go ahead. It's, only, it's a quick thing. It's pretty beautiful. I barely know what Leon Rose sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> Outside of his initial interview when he got here, like, barely know what he sounds like. Beautiful. Beautiful. Just did, know you see, was-
3: did you see the initial reaction when Leon Rose got hired? Like, there were people that didn't know. They thought he was black.
2: I did. I
0: definitely <laughs> thought he was. I thought he was Worldwide West. Like when I look at the pictures, yeah. I thought it was Worldwide West. And I was just like, oh.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, well, yeah, when people were freaking out about him not talking initially, like I, I would have liked for him to have had his intro conference earlier, of course. Like I'm not gonna lie. I I to lie but at the same time, like there's nothing you could say to me anymore, like from the Knicks' perspective. Like, I, I just don't want to hear from your PR department anymore. Sometimes, you know what I mean? It's just like enough. Like, I don't care what Leon says at the conference. He's going to say the things that yeah. make us happy. Just, just like Phil Jackson said, things that made us happy. Just like, I, it, this is, this is what happens. That's the whole point of them. I don't care. Just sit in your office, figure it out. Get me some wins. Like, that, that's all that I cared about. Like, even when Tibbs got hired, I was like, great. I, I don't care. Like who, no, nobody could have gotten hired that I would have been excited about. Not a single person. Mm-hmm. Just great. Th- thank you. Okay whoever you are can you just please fix whatever is going on tip seems to have done that you know leon seems to have done that that's all that i really care about i would prefer if you never talked just keep doing this
0: this seems exactly. to be working whatever this is if your team president's giving a lot of press conferences you are not in a good place
3: yeah. exactly and the one thing i think ultimately when we have this discussion about re-signing randall one thing i feel like we kind of Don't talk about is just the process of team building how teams evolve over time. I feel like a lot of basketball Twitter even Nick's Twitter to an extent, a lot of it is this move does not make them a championship team today. So why are we doing it when it's just like sometimes you kind of have to go through that process of building a good team, and then taking a little bit from it and adding to it and I just think this is good business. This is proper business that the Knicks would do in re-signing Randall to move forward in that. No,
2: I I agree. Because, I mean, I I also was on, like, I've been at Julius Randall is good at basketball. Like, I was Mm -hmm. telling people from the beginning, I was like, yo, like, listen, I know he's frustrating, but he's good. He just has to get out of his own way. He got out of his own way. I thought the pick was weird when we got Obi, so I still thought we were trading him. They showed and just like 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 I said in the article about uh World Wide West heading him up and saying, What do you need? So they valued him, they've done the right things, they've treated it correctly. And it's like when you treat a guy correctly and you know the whole league sees him turn around, and everybody knows he's a hard worker, he's got that reputation, everybody, you know, is happy for him in the all-star game and things like that. And they see you reward him properly and continue like that's the things that change everything about the perception of an organization. So I, yeah, I hope that we do do the right thing and continue to do so. On
1: that note with Julius Randall, the all-star game is tomorrow. Uh, we are recording this podcast on Saturday, March 6th, uh, but we do get to watch our all-star Julius Randall play on team Durant, uh, along with all of the nets. So I guess we're just rooting for New York basketball tomorrow. We have no choice. And that is fine with me. Uh, They said nice things about Julius Randle when they selected him. They said nice things about the Knicks. Both LeBron and Kevin Durant did. I, of course, enjoyed that. Uh, I believe most of us did. Uh, It's nice to finally get some national praise in our due. Uh, But, I mean, I don't really have anything on the All-Star game other than, like, I'm looking forward to very casually watching it and watching a a Nick be in it, and hopefully Julius does a a couple of cool things. You know, give me a couple good alley-oops to, like, a – you know, a KD. You know, give me a couple good dunks, like or oh, well, KD's not playing, but you know, just a c- couple good highlights. It's all
0: that I care about, and then I can casually enjoy the rest. I was heartbroken. The Rising Stars Challenge wasn't happening. I wanted the recruiting stories to start with Randall and RJ in Atlanta with Beal Booker. They can't even give me that. Well,
1: I just wanted more. Uh, well, it, it was nice to see last year anyway. RJ and Luca on the same team Um, and and, (laughs) so nice and and the recruiting process start early uh once you know kp's poisoned the well in dallas apparently so you know when luca inevitably inevitably wants to come home we know he's a knicks fan deep down (laughs) um he knows where it's at rj's already given him the word uh rj now looks like he's he's on a a very decent ascension so uh very excited for luca to want to jump ship it's going to be a good time
3: i'm rolling that's that's the move Zion too. If that fails, we go to Zion. Zion's Zion. going to succeed
0: Randall. Once Randall's <laughs> time has come to an end in seven years, Zion's going to slide right in and it's going to be like nothing changed for RJ. It's going to be beautiful. Beautiful.
2: Sounds beautiful. wonderful actually. I see that.
0: Wasn't he called Randall with hops? Like, Wasn't that like the joke?
2: Yeah, that was. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. That There was
1: Honestly. a ton of Julius Randall and Zion versions and comparisons. So that, that Which are pretty accurate.
0: Because they do are they are very similar except Zion obviously Zion's freakishly athletic but they're still like very similar players.
1: Yeah, I mean Julius loves his his jump shots. Julius now has a more polished offensive game. Obviously, he's much later in his career than Zion is. Zion's still just a you know direct line wrecking ball. <laughs> like is the best way I could word it. Like it's
0: really crazy.
1: Like you know exactly which path he's going to take. He knows it. Everyone knows it, but you can't, there's no like getting in the way of him when he's super healthy right now yeah. and, and and good and, and rolling and playing well. So I, he's just, he's a lot of fun to watch, man. He's so much. I Did, did you guys see that NBA math graph uh, um, with, it's like the <laughs> attempts at the rim by, you know, how, how efficient you've been at the rim and this is he's just by uh, himself. Z- yeah. Zion's just by himself, yeah. like on another <laughs> planet. And then, exact same I'm like frequency is Andre Drummond and he's like 25% or like 20 or 30% less efficient like he's all the way at the bottom it was just <laughs> night and day not like like this it was
2: yeah I'm he's a, out there it, on Zion Island on that map yeah well, <laughs> but I'm, no, a- I'm excited for the all-star game too I, I hope that you know I would love to see Julius get to do like a little more, even like have some, you know, ball handling or whatever. Or get a couple of fast breaks and make some plays and end up on the floor. You know, like one year, Russell Westbrook won all star game MVP off the bench. I'm not saying, you know, but you never know. Julius knock a couple threes down, get a couple highlight dunks, drop a couple of dimes in transition.
3: Yeah, that'd be fun. I mean he's kind of built for that, right? Where it's just like, he'll come in, he'll make some funky passes. He'll make some shots. He'll probably hit a couple threes. And once they really turn up, he still, he has the ability to like change the game just by his passing and everything. So he could certainly just, we could look up and he'd be like, Oh he had 28, 13 and 14 MVP. It'd be amazing.
2: MVP. I, was excited to see.
0: I can't wait for him and Beal to share the floor. That's going to be fun. Yep. Um,
1: On this note real quick, though, we are going to uh, cut out real quick for an ad. We'll pick it back up on the other side because I do want to talk about our OB Toppin at least uh, getting to shine at the thing that he's best at dunking in the dunk contest, which I guess is happening at halftime in a very strange weekend tomorrow. So uh, we'll talk about that and more uh, on the other side. See you guys there. And we're back. So OB Toppin is going to be in the dunk contest. Um, he is the clear and obvious headliner. I think that much is uh, very, very clear. Um, you know, it's it's Simons from Portland, and who was the other one? Was it from the Pacers? Kasha Stanley. Kasha um, yeah. Stanley. Um, I mean, Mike. Let's let's start with you. Uh, I think this is a. I'm obviously biased, of course. Uh, I think we all would be in this situation, but I just think objectively speaking, the clear and obvious winner is Obi Toppin. I think I'm just going to declare this ahead of time. I think it is his. I think they need to give him the award, but I'm going to open the floor for you here. Uh, do you agree? Do you care to tell me why I'm wrong? Or do are, are we riding with Obi?
0: You are 100% correct, my friend. He is. <laughs> this is his contest to lose, and it, I feel like this is like Blake Griffin's dunk contest where it's it's going to be, somebody's going to have to really, really show out or Obi's going to have to miss all his dunks to lose this. He was the first name chosen. Uh, when was the, Simons and Stanley were like three days after, maybe in a full week. So and this was all about Obi. I think it's going to be about Obi. And when he wins, York College in Queens, I think is going to get what? 150,000 or 250,000. I forgot what it is, but that'll be a feel good story too. That is true.
2: Yeah, I, I definitely feel like Obi's taking this. Um, and I almost feel like not the league set him up to take it, but, I mean, it is perfectly set up for him to take it. Like, I don't think that Amph- – I do not expect Anthony Simons to out-dunk Obi Toppin. I don't think it's happening. Wow. I believe he's got the power, the creativity, um, the pure leaping ability to, to run away with this contest. Uh, and he also has the biggest name in the biggest market, Nobody really knows Cassius. I mean, the average fan isn't going to be like, oh, my goodness, I need to see Cassius Stanley tonight. Like, people want to see Obitop, and that's the biggest name here. He's And he's going to, yeah, he's he's going to kill it.
3: Yeah, and I think when you – I think power dunkers are kind of – I think when you talk about dunkers, we talk about like the Vince Carter, Michael Jordan type of dunkers, like those wing dunkers. But those Sean Kemp power type dunkers, they always have the ability to, like, steal a show. So he's going to do – I remember in the preseason game against the Pistons where he went up for one play and like, he was clear, his head was clearly over the rim, but he was still going up and it was just like insane. So it's just like, he's going to be able to go in there and and do some, I think he can do some Aaron Gordon type stuff if he really wants to.
0: 100%. I think he actually did between the legs 360, if I'm not mistaken, or 180. I don't know what it was in uh, Brickley's gym. I forgot what it was, but it was a crazy dunk. I was like, Jesus. And that was in sweats. I was like, imagine what this guy's doing in the contest.
3: I do remember that. I was Does like, he get whoa. The... <laughs> Does he get the Julius-assisted dunk? You think?
0: Yeah, that's what I was mad about. I wanted, last episode, I was like, why can't they do this remotely before Kyle helpfully reminded me how what a disaster the horse experience was. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think Julius is that would make perfect sense. I I'm can't going to be there. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying.
1: I mean, there's no rising stars. RJ's not there. Emmanuel quickly was snubbed. Spare me the. Uh, quickly should have been on the roster guys but who <laughs> would you put him over I don't know but the guy that's the third on, I, the, the guy that's second or third in everybody's rookie ladders and rookie of the year voting lists can't not be on the rising stars roster I don't care who needs to be cut I don't care what rearranging you need to do that simply can't happen and I'm tired and everybody says don't get mad about it it's meaningless you're a 100% right it absolutely is at the same time I would like if these things stopped happening only to the Knicks, like the R.J. Barrett thing with all NBA third team. Like I'm sorry, with uh, all rookie third team. I again for the thousandth time in this podcast was the stupidest thing. I'm sorry, Pascal, uh, Terrence Davis. Uh, like like, please just spare me whatever winning team contribution bullshit argument it was. Like just please spare me. I don't want to hear about it. Like just I I, I would I would be, it would just be nice. Like like Obi getting in the dunk contest as the headliner. Uh, yes, that, that is the, the subtle, obvious nod that you would expect to happen. You know what I mean? Randall making the all-star game when he's undeniably good and the Knicks are winning, you would obviously expect that he makes the all-star game. There's no issues. He's not an injury reserve. He's just in there. Thank you. But then, like, just keep it moving. Just keep it going then. Quickly is an obvious choice. Why? Just he's got to be on the roster. I, it bothered me. I'm sorry. It did. It shouldn't have, but it did.
0: Just get rid of the world roster. It's That's the only reason he didn't make it. I forgot – it was the campuoso guy that made it over him that was like it was just like what it was just to fill out the world roster because if you look at the USA roster everyone else had at least a compelling argument to be kept on but the world you can probably knock three or four names off it was kind of just like oh we got to even out the teams just get rid of that if you have enough world players for a given year do it if not just go back to rookies versus sophomores
2: Yeah, like that concept was cool for the time that they had it for, but clearly it's flawed because like Kyle said, there's no way that the guy who's third on everybody's rookie ladder and is leading all rookies in 25-point games and shooting 94% from three and scoring 30 points in games, like there's no way he doesn't make it to the
3: Rising Stars game.
2: Like what's the point of having a Rising Stars game if that guy doesn't go?
3: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't. The I, I always just thought rookies versus sophomores were better anyway. You just want to just get the best young talent, figure it out from there. I think Michael Mulder, like he's like a role player for the Warriors made it on the world team. And it's like, all right, at this point, <laughs> like who? Just, who? at this point, <laughs> Michael Mulder. Yeah, I, I'm just like, all right, you know, at this point, just like I, I think I tweeted it. Yeah, I was like, at this point, just say. Quickly, from Ontario or something, and just put them on the world. <laughs> just sneak them on there. Who cares?
1: Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, you know, th- thank you for the USA versus World Team uh, uniforms last year. I would still like to get the RJ Barrett uh, purple number nine when it is available at some point. That is a beautiful jersey. But uh, otherwise, I am ready to move on. Um, I, I like that they even change things from time to time like that. But you know, you tried it out for a few years. It's time to go back. It is what it is. But Make sure you guys are, you know, following us on the Knicks wall. Make sure you're tuning into the Knicks to keep up with all of our content and our articles and make sure you just check out on our Twitter. And it's going to be on Instagram shortly. Our latest all-star weekend drop. Uh, we just dropped a new shirt, which is the lucky lefties featuring RJ and Julius uh, a little spoof of the Bruno and, uh, Anderson album. So go check that out. It, it's, it's pretty fire. I like it myself. Ryan gray outdid himself once again. So make sure you copy yours now, uh, Hopefully we have them up for a little bit, definitely through All-Star weekend, but we'll see. So definitely get them while you can. As you know, with the OB shirt, supplies are limited sometimes. Um, aside from that, uh, let's all look forward to the All-Star game tomorrow. Obi won the dunk contest. Uh, make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Uh, again, just want to remind you guys, a lot of stuff going to be on there in the near future. And uh, Q, Sean, uh, Dom, everybody, thanks for joining me. And uh, hey. we'll talk to you guys next time.